Dementia Well FNQ and to our series on everything dementia. In the last session we mentioned that stress makes everything worse. So today we're going to be talking about what is stress, what causes stress, how does it affect the body and a few techniques on how to bring the stress levels down on ev in everyday living. So on that note let's discuss what is stress and why do we have it. Stress then is really fear of the unknown. When we have something that is unknown and we get very stressed, as we get used to it, the stress levels drop. The person that's living with dementia, their stress levels don't drop because each day is a new day where they're not remembering, their short-term memory has gone. So the stress of this new area is new every single day, so their stress levels remain the same. Our stress response comes from the primitive brain and it's interesting to note that the primitive brain is the first thing that we sort of develop as we are born and into this world. It's the last thing that stops working as we get older but also for those people living with dementia. The following explanation is of a stress and how we cope with stress is not only for the person that's living with dementia but it's also for you the caregiver of the person living with dementia to give you hints on how you can remain calm in some very stressful situations. Stress is the body's way of dealing with danger or a perceived threat. It doesn't actually have to be real. We just have to think it's real. So let's say that we have a disagreement with somebody and they hold up a fist and say to us, oh, I wish I could punch you. Then they just shake their heads and walk away. In that instant, you have thought that they were actually going to punch you. And this will set off a fight, flight or freeze response in you. Even though they've walked away, your body is still in that stress response mode. Now, what is happening in our body and why has it happened? To find this out, I'm going to take us back to the caveman days <laughs> and have a look at our brain. Actually, I'll start with the brain. There are many theories about the brain and how it develops, but I'm just going to mention two parts of the brain. The limbic system, which is sometimes called the primitive brain, as it is all about things for surviving, thriving, doing new stuff and remembering things. The primitive brain will protect us if something is coming along to eat us, kill us, chase us or something like that. It also helps us to maintain our vital systems. So it's all those things that we actually don't have to think about. Our breathing, our heart rate, blood pressure, temperature control, blood sugar levels, oxygen, circadian rhythms. You know, that's when we wake and when we sleep. Hunger and thirst and elimination, which is when we go to the toilet. Hormone balance. And it also has a strong influence on our emotions. It is learning about new information. We know that we learn new things, but it's very difficult for those people living with dementia. The thinking brain is the second part of the, the brain or the neocortex. This is for developing language, abstract thoughts, imagination, consciousness and the development of human culture. We might talk about this later in the series, but for now we just want to look at the survival part of our brain, the primitive brain. So now we know of what about a part of the brain that looks after our survival, let's us now go back to the caveman days. Let's just say we're walking along quite happily when we spot a saber-toothed tiger. Our first reaction is to freeze so that it doesn't spot us. In this moment, this limbic system or the primitive brain kicks in. It increases our heart rate, 
Our breathing becomes shallow and speeds up a bit. Blood flows goes to our muscles and away from areas that the body doesn't need it at the moment, like the stomach. So if you've just eaten a big meal, it won't get digested. Your eyes become dry and alert as your pupils get bigger and your saliva dries up because we don't need to be digesting. Blood is no longer going to the brain as you need quick responses. You don't need to be stopping and thinking. Blood pressure increases, adrenaline, which is a hormone, gets released into the bloodstream. And this is a bit like slowing everything down in your head. You're seeing everything in slow motion so that you can work things out quicker. And interestingly enough, the bladder and the bowel sphincter will either slam shut, so you might end up being a bit constipated after this, or it might release all the contents. And it's not actually until you're faced with that life-threatening event that you will know which one happens to you. (laughs) A bit scary. (laughs) Uh, Now your body is perfectly ready to either fight or flee. In either case, whether you're fighting or fleeing, you're using up all that energy and the effort of this. Once you have stopped, your body will then return to normal, even though it will probably be quite exhausted, like you might sleep for a while. Now I'm going to fast forward us to today's life. Now, luckily, we've eliminated threats like the saber-toothed tiger, but we've swapped them for other stresses. And I say stresses rather than life-threatening events because that's what we've swapped them for. So things like, I don't know, going for a job interview, moving house, that's massively stressful, coping with any kind of change, shift working. Lack of communication is probably one of the big ones, especially with key personnel in your life. So it could be family or friends or, or your work. Any bullying or harassment or trauma, being late for something getting married, getting dumped. (laughs) The list just goes on. For me, it's computers, any system. In the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to remember passwords for things. I actually have a password book, so I write things down. But there was one or two of the systems that I'm using where I have put that password in and it's told me it's not the right one. So I've had to reset the password, which is frustrating. But I try and reset it to the password that it told me that was wrong and then it tells me I've used it already ah, ah look I tell you what this makes my blood boil <laughs> so yes it's a big stress response for me now let's think about the person that's living with dementia in a nursing home and what their day sort of looks like they are often woken up in a strange bed in a strange room that they are not recognizing person that's woken them up is a staff member who might be sitting there standing there in a uniform bright and bubbly and they don't recognize them either so this already is now getting very scary the staff member might pull back the covers and help them up to get them up to the shower and start taking off their clothes oh my goodness what's happening they are definitely in this fight flight or flee response and often with not recognising all these things happening to them at this one time, might get very aggressive or shout out and be very resistive to what the staff member's trying to do. Totally understandable. Now, our stress response may not be as big as if we were attacked by a saber-toothed tiger, but it's still happening. You just might not notice it because we're not maybe panting like (laughs) with breath getting shorter and more speedy. 
but it's still there. And sometimes we're living in stress for such a long time that it's actually starting to feel normal. So we're not recognizing these signs and how hard it is on our body. The scary thing is that prolonged stress response, so that without any release, can cause so many more problems. It can cause drug and alcohol problems. It can cause anorexia or the lack of hunger. And this is caused by that lack of blood going to our digestive system when we have a meal because our stress is saying, no, we don't need to to digest food. We need to look at what stress is coming at us and deal with that. Most people living with dementia who enter a nursing home have a diagnosis of weight loss, and I put it down to this. Being in a constant state of fight or flight where the stomach is not getting any blood flow. Prolonged stress can also cause cancer, anxiety, panic, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, irritable bowel syndrome, depression, headaches, fibromyalgia, high blood pressure. The list just goes on and on. And this is in people who are not living with dementia. So for those people that are living with dementia, we might never know what they are really dealing with as they are unable to tell us. However, we need to be aware of what might be going on inside their brains so that we can set up regular practice with them to release the stress response to give both you and the person living with dementia the best chance of a great relationship. And a lot of that is really how we approach them. And I will talk a bit more about this in later sessions as well. I mentioned that the blood goes away from the brain. And this is the reason why when you are having an argument with someone that you you can never think of that good comeback. That is until the argument is over and they've gone away, your heart rate returns to normal and the blood flows back to your brain and then all those good comebacks flood in. Wouldn't it be good to be able to get that blood flowing when the person is right there? Well, I believe we can, but it does take practice. So let's look at what we can do to bring our bodies back to a life without stress. My quick cheat sheet way is to take five deep, slow breaths in for the count of four or five and out for the count of five or six. Always breathe out for longer than you breathe in as this actually calms the heart rate down and flips us back into a much more manageable state. If you are unable to to manage actually breathing for the count of four, try for a count of two, concentrating on breathing deeply and build it up from there. I've actually had to talk people through panic attacks where their breathing is so fast that they cannot bring it down immediately. So in this case, I matched their breathing So I will count one, two, one, two, one, two, in, out, in, out, one, two, one, two. And then I will start, once I've matched that, I'll start slowly slowing it down. So one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, then one, two, three. And slowly they start matching their breath to my count until they can breathe normally. Mindfulness is another way that I incorporated into my day. After I've taken those five deep, slow breaths, I sit quietly and I notice visually five things in the room with me. And that can be anything from a toothbrush to an oven. I just name the things that I can see around me. Then I close my eyes and I listen for four things. It's the birds singing, the air conditioner going, the car going by. 
then three things that I can feel. And this might be, I know, the breeze from the air conditioner, the feel of my clothes on my skin as I breathe in and out. Might be my heart beating. Then I think of two things that I can smell. I might only be able to smell one thing, but try for two and see what you can do. If not, don't panic. One's good enough. And then finally, one thing you can taste. What does it taste like in your mouth? I will then take three more deep breaths as I open my eyes. And I'm usually feeling really calm and ready for anything now. Breathing slowly and deeply with the person living with dementia can help them so they're copying you and that will bring them out of that stress response too. So you just sit there or stand there in front of them so they're watching you and you encourage them to do the same actions that you're doing. Because they may not understand what you're saying but they can watch you and copy you. Now, I have spoken about the primitive brain, the limbic system, and how it is responsible for survival and the stress response to deal with any danger. Then I spoke about how our bodies react to the stressors in today's society, before I moved on to how prolonged stress can manifest in our body, causing many other complications. I spoke about how Controlling our breathing can reduce a panic attack and can help us come out of that stress response. There is a lot more to this and I believe setting up a regular practice to get us out of that stress response and make it more difficult to flip into that stress response is the best way forward. So in the next episode, I will be talking about some of the options available to us. One of them is purposeful movement. We might talk a little bit more about meditation. I also have a special guest speaker, but I'm not going to let on who that is till next time. So I hope you found this useful. Please contact us on Facebook, The Dementia Well FNQ, or via email, thedementiawellfnq at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. So until next time, bye for now.